Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. He is always so kind to us, isn't he, John? He is, even when Brad has to do a little re-rack. Yes. You know, Brad, for the right price, you could get a re-rack done by some plastic surgeons right here in St. Louis. I bet you I could. I need some surgery on my eyes. I'd do that before I do the plastic surgery. Well, good morning to you, John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. Good morning to you, Brad. The reason I spell C-O-M-B-E-S-T is because I'm going to talk about johncombest.com. People will be able to go there, and it's J-O-H-N, not J-O-N, J-O-H-N-C-O-M-B-E-S-T.com. He's the guy that for... Two plus decades, every single day, he gets up early in the morning and he chronicles all the important news stories across the state of Missouri on his website. And once again, nothing fancy, no graphics, no crazy HTML code that's got dancing bears or anything, stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, no video, no nothing. It looks like Web 1.0, and I'm not insulting you. It's just very basic, uh, and it's got all the links, and you can find out all the stories. And we start off the show every morning by giving John the ability to tell us the top three stories in his opinion. Number three today is a story that we have never talked about on this show, Brad, and it is the Missouri Net had a representative, the director of the Missouri Poison Center on yesterday to talk about a rash of overdose cases and poisoning cases that they have seen. What substance do you think causes that, Brad? Shoe polish. That's a good guess. And for for men like you and I of a different era who take great pride in our footwear, (laughs) you would think that there would be some. But no, the answer is the diabetes drug Ozempic. Really? I mean, are these people that have been been prescribed for it and decide they're going to lose weight even quicker and take more of it? Is that what it is? Yeah, surprisingly, it is not. And there has been uh, there have been cases of fake Ozempic throughout the world. So for for folks who don't know, Ozempic is a drug that that's diagnosed illegally for uh, technically for diabetes, I believe, is why it was introduced. And it's part of a family of drugs called, I'll get the name wrong, but I, I did a little research on it last night, Samag, some, I'll, I'll pronounce it wrong, so I'm not even going to try. But folks are using this drug recreationally to help them lose weight, to accelerate weight loss. Well, isn't and if you turn on a television station, the gentleman from the from the Missouri Net mentioned this. If you turn on a TV at any given point, you will probably see an ad for Ozempic. And folks, the the woman from the from the Poison Control Group pointed out that it's not so much that folks are using artificial drugs or imposter synthetic drugs. But it's this – they're just getting the, the dosage wrong because they're not – they're acquiring this in means other than a doctor. And they're uh, – you know, it can cause – so there are a few cases globally where it is uh, allegedly caused death. But in most cases, it just causes extreme abdominal pain. You're really messing with your gastrointestinal tract when you do this. 
And by the way, I would also point out, I looked this up last night, Brad, the drug maker who makes it, who is Novo Nordisk, their stock is up 65% in the last year. Well, yeah, plus, so, plus they're... Because, because it's wildly popular. Plus they're raising the price on it, I heard. But now, hold on, let me, let me go back a minute. You said, you said that isn't it, it's essentially intended as a diabetes drug, but it's, Correct. It's off label, isn't that what they call it? Off label. Yeah, the, the off label application or off label uses, I should say. Right, and the doctors prescribe it if you have obesity. Matter of fact, uh, when you're talking about ads on TV, you're talking about not necessarily the drug ads. You're, aren't you talking about the doctors who're saying, "Hey, come to my clinic, and I'll give That's you"? That's exactly right. Yeah, right. because because it's become wildly popular. And as you mentioned, Brad, I believe there's there was a shortage. So of course, if you have whether the shortage is. <laughs> intended by the drug maker or not uh, to raise prices. Yeah, so you've seen, I, I believe, a shortage of it. I've, well, we've read stories, obviously, about a, a shortage of it. And then, of course, the, you know, you can, it's just like any other drug. If you know somebody who's got a prescription for the right price, you can get your hands on it. You know, that's, uh, that's uh, so, so the idea being is, and I still, I'm not exactly sure when you're saying they're overdosing, is it because they think if they take more of it, they're going to lose weight quicker? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think, and I think you've seen that with however many supplements you have, whether it was weightless, weight loss, subs, uh, you know, uh, supplements in the 1990s, folks will see in the old days, you would see a thing that says, take two of these twice a day. And so folks that really wanted to accelerate their weight loss might take four caplets twice a day because they think they're going to get greater results by increasing the dosage. Oh, man, I, I, you know, I, I've never been, I mean, even legal drugs, if the doctor says take three of these a day, I take three of them. I don't take four or five or six. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. You would, you would think that that dosage is pretty well dialed in. You yes. think that the, <laughs> the right. experts would know. And if it's not. But this not, is like anything else. And the, the joy of this product, product, as I understand it, is unlike any other weight loss, for example, exercise or moderation in food consumption, you can take Ozempic and lose weight. Yeah, like it doesn't require you to get up off the couch. Right. I've heard people lose a pound a day. I mean, easily a pound a day. But I, I don't know. There, there, there's got to be, you know, when you hear about stuff like this, you almost say, okay, the other shoe's going to drop, and maybe in a year they'll come out and say that your toes are going to fall off or something like yeah, that. You know yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Then you would, it also depends on how much faith you have in the long-term effects of, of phar pharmaceutical drugs. Well, I that's... mean, now in the defense of this company, Brad, it's not like a COVID vaccine where they just say, hey, trust me, we have no long-term studies, but right. just trust us. Right, right, right. It, you won't get COVID. You won't pass it on to anybody else, <laughs> right? All the things we were told, which turned out to not be true, but that's a whole other story. So that's the Ozempic story, and I think that's interesting. Just you and I haven't talked about that before, and we hear so much, as we should, about fentanyl and the dangers of fentanyl, and of course it's way more deadly than an Ozempic, but I think, I bet everyone listening either knows somebody who has taken Ozempic or you know somebody who's tried to get their hands on it. Crazy stuff. Number two. It, number two is Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman appeared on Mark Reardon's show on 97.1 FM and gave an alternative perspective to the Freedom Caucus. And she was asked about the Freedom Caucus and the initiative petition push and things of, of this nature. And she said she was asked directly by Reardon, why aren't you a member of the Freedom Caucus? And her answer, to paraphrase, is that she went to Jefferson City to represent her constituents and the policies she's interested in. And she's interested in working with anybody 
on any ideal in any ideological faction or any party that's willing to advance legislation. And to paraphrase here, she's not interested in joining any one team. That's the way I interpreted it to get legislation passed. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think that it makes sense for Mary Elizabeth Coleman. Now, she's and I the... think that I think that the opportunity costs. I think you do the calculus of. If you're any given senator, if you're Travis Fitzwater or you're Mary Elizabeth Coleman or anyone, you look at the calculus of what do you gain by being a part of this faction? And and really, Brad, Mary Elizabeth pointed out the fact that her voting record, if you look at, for example, an Americans for Prosperity voting scorecard, she is indeed ranked more conservative than some members of the Freedom Caucus. So she wouldn't need to wear a Freedom Caucus label, in other words, to to you know, bolster her conservative bona fides. Well, I just, you know, you and I can talk about this till the cows come home, but part of this bothers me of the fact that the Democrats have this united front, that a Democrat's a Democrat's a Democrat, uh, and the Republicans seem like they always split in these little factions, you know what I mean? And nothing ever gets done. I mean, They do. You're right, in the majority. And as I always point out, Brad, when Democrats were in the majority 30 years ago, they had the same problem. Republicans were unified because they were in the minority, And to use your phrase, Brad, a Republican was a Republican was a Republican. And back then, 30 years ago, Democrats in Jefferson City or in or in D.C., when Tip O'Neill led the House, he had a number of Democratic factions that would split off as well. You know, it was interesting. I was listening to a show the other day. I didn't talk about this. today. It's Thursday. I think this was Monday or Tuesday. And I heard someone and I'm not going to say who it was, but I heard someone give almost the exact same uh, uh, explanation of their frustration with the political system that I gave that you see these people on the floor of the House, in the Senate, in the House of Representatives, you know, be it state, federal, the whole bit, and they're going after it, you know, and they're like, you know, vigorously debating each other, and, you know, you're the the kind sir from Missouri, you're full of bull, you know, they yell at each other the whole bit, and then it's 6 o'clock, and everything shuts down, and these two dudes are at the bar together, slapping each other on the back, boy, didn't we do great in, 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 in Congress today? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's it's kabuki. Yeah, and and so whether that's a good or bad thing probably d- depends on which faction you're in. Well, I don't know. I think. And you know, as the great Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea says, <laughs> it's all a work, brother. You and your wrestling. Okay. It's all a work. And and I would point out, by the way, too, Brad, this is important from the Reardon and Coleman discussion. They brought up something that you were correct about yesterday, as it relates to concurrent majorities. Concurrent majorities can mean. A majority of congressional districts or to your point yesterday, Brad, it could mean a majority of state legislative district districts. That's what I rep or state senate. You brought that up yesterday. I thought you were wrong and you were indeed correct. We're talking about the initiative, uh, the uh, uh, what would initiative initiative petition process. Yeah, initiative uh, petition process, which essentially is the way that you can get a law changed in the state of Missouri by essentially changing the constitution. You bypass the legislature, you bypass the Senate and the House of Representatives. That's right. So you were right about that. And one more thing, of course, Brad, because this was another great interview by St. Louis's best interviewer. Mark Reardon. He's and as best. Brad learned a couple weeks ago, you do not compliment Mark Reardon <laughs> yeah. and tell him he is the best in St. Louis because he will come back and tell you he does not care what people think right. and he does not care about your opinion. So right. whatever you do, yeah. if you listen to this, and the link is on johncombest.com today, yeah. with timestamps, do not compliment Mark Reardon on his work. Yeah, I, I see. We, we, You and I did a whole a whole segment on him, on him because of the fact that he went off on Mark McCluskey, and he essentially so, said he was a... And 
a, a what a non-entity or a non non-factor or something like that. And my point was let the people decide. And my point was go yeah. back go back to 2016 when and it's interesting because you go back in history with Mark Reardon in 2016 when Trump came down on the escalator, uh, he rolled his eyes. Oh my God, this is just a publicity stunt. And he was <laughs> he was anti-Trump for a long time. And he admits now that that was a mistake and he did the wrong thing. But my point being is that the, he would not interview Mark McCluskey because he said Mark McCluskey was not a, a, not a serious candidate. When I say, and we've talked to Mark a couple times, love or hate the guy, the guy put in X amount of, I mean, put in tremendous effort. Him and his wife visited every single county in the state of Missouri. They talked about they bought an SUV, they pulled a trailer behind it, uh, and they bought an SUV brand new, had no miles on the clock when they bought it and I think he said by the time the election is over it had like 118,000 miles on it which when you think about that that's doing some driving when you it is and and that's what I refer to as efforting metrics though Brad right but but still I get what you're saying John but but you know I mean come in you're a sports guy okay I'm not anymore I'm not a sports guy and it's funny right before we went on the air the clip that we ran before about you know you saying well Brad you and I are sports are Cardinals fans I said no I'm not a Cardinals fan anymore. yeah that's right that's true I was and, wrong about that and you were going like what you're not a Cardinals yeah, fan? yeah yeah okay if you got if you got Gary Templeton and yes. Ozzie Smith which one do you want Ozzie Smith went out on the the field every day and gave it a hundred percent effort, whereas Gary Absolutely. Gary Templeton went out there and some days he gave it the effort and some days he didn't. Now you talk about your efforting. Which guy is is going to be liked by most people? The guy who goes out there and gives it a hundred percent every right. day. You're right about that, but I think it's 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 unfair to compare, say, Eric Schmidt or Billy Long or Vicky Hartzler to Gary Templeton. I get exactly what you're saying. But but the the, pro, the the challenge I have with it is when people point to their odometer and say, I put 200,000 miles on, maybe Eric Schmidt didn't or Eric Greitens didn't, but that doesn't mean that they haven't put an effort. You get what I'm saying? Well, no, I understand what you're saying, but you're saying that, that you know, like if, if, in other words, if you got two people, well, okay, like, let's say you have two people, you have two doctors who are, are there, you know, you're, you've got some serious disease and you can be cured by, by either of these two doctors. And the mm-hmm. one doctor says, hey, when I was in med school, man, I went and partied every night and man, I got blank faced. <laughs> yeah, and, I get it. You know, and I got drunk and I smoked dope and I, I snorted cocaine. And the other doctor is saying, you know, when I went to medical school, I studied every night. Okay. I choose the nerd every time. <laughs> you would? Really? I Yeah. I Well, actually, I'd, I'd probably look at the copay, Brad. <laughs> Cause you know I don't like to go in my pocket for anything. Like I got I got alligator arms. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't like to come out of pocket for anything. So you take the guy who was who was who was partying every night in med school, right? No, no. I well, it depends. It depends on what the code. Well, hold is. on. No, you, you. By the way, can we at some point just just take a minute and and pay homage to the great Gary Templeton? Who once gave a finger yes. to the female crowd? It, it was it was Ladies' Day at the park, right? Yeah, I believe it was. And yeah, you, I believe it was. You... So, speaking of giving the finger, our number one story yesterday: the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, and a cast of characters, a bipartisan cast of characters, grilled, excoriated, whatever type of verb you want to use here, CEOs of social media companies, including Mark Zuckerberg. And I know we have only like a minute until we're up against break here, but 
in what was described as a remarkable exchange by a liberal publication called The Hill in D.C., no friend of Republicans, described it as remarkable that Josh Hawley essentially prodded CEO of Facebook or Meta, I should say, Mark Zuckerberg, into standing up out of his chair when giving his testimony during the hearing, turned to families who, who say that they are victims of of social media policies by these companies and apologize to them for the pain that he caused. And do you know what's so in- it was a remarkable moment. You know what's interesting about that? What's that? I got emails from various friends of mine uh, and most of it was negative toward Howie. Because of, because they thought he was badgering Zuckerberg? Because they thought he was just grandstanding and it was a terrible thing to do to Mark Zuckerberg. That and he said wow, what he did that's was interesting. He, well, by the way, if 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 it's if it's February slash January of 2024 and you're surprised that Josh Hawley is doing a bit of grandstanding, where have you been? Well, no, I understand. But by the same token, uh, you know, I, I have to tell you, I've never been a, a big fan of Josh Hawley because I've, I've always held it against him that when he ran for attorney general, he said loud and proud, I'm not using this job as a stepping stone sure. to another position. And, and two months after he was attorney general, he was climbing the ladder. He was climbing the ladder. He was climbing the ladder. <laughs> No ladder man was climbing the ladder. Right. And then the other thing is not to say that, you know, I need to have my grease, my palm greased, but Shelly and I went and met him at an, at a, a campaign event out in St. Charles, talked to his campaign manager, explained to them we were a small station and most of the big stations got all the political bucks and we never got any. And he assured us that they would, you know, that look at us seriously and very quiet, you know, seriously make a political buy with us. And he did zip. Now, the crazy part of it is that his 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 you know uh, a competitor at the time um, um, Claire McCaskill Claire Bear uh, sent Claire... you money every week <laughs> yes she bought now a and also ton of advertising to with be us. fair to Josh Hawley here he would have ne- even if he shook your and Shelley's hand and he's off to the next stop Josh Hawley didn't make the decision to not advertise no I understand. No, yeah, but, and I, no, and no, I know no, you know no, that. No, no, it wasn't. Important. When you say he in that no, story, no, no, he was the guy on his campaign. It wasn't Josh. It was his campaign manager. Right. Or Brad. Or the guy that was driving him to the event that Well, day. no, I understand what you're saying. But when the guy who was his campaign manager, let's be honest, the campaign manager of any campaign has a lot to say with you're what, right. what the candidate you're does. Makes a lot of the decisions. Josh doesn't get involved in the media purchasing. You're right, absolutely right. right it's about the that. campaign manager who says, we need to buy more social media. We need to buy more billboards. And by the way, yesterday, I think I saw out and about on my ways of the interstate yesterday, I think I saw four Kehoe billboards. And I'm thinking to myself... I bet you did. And if you go to the Missouri Ethics Commission website and you look up American Dream Pack, which is his big political action committee, and you look up the Kehoe campaign, go to expenditures, Brad, and look up how much he's paying the Drury family and others for billboards. Oh, no, they're they're, they're spending some bucks. They're spending some bucks. Once again, I've yet to see your buddy Ashcroft or any uh, Eagle billboards anywhere. So anyway, that's a whole other story. Okay, Uh, we have to take a break. Make sure I don't screw this up. Do this right here. Do this. And we will be back. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?